the PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the news PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. We're also brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is DFS simplified. Head over to PrizePix.com and use promo code SGP for a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or just head to betterfantasy.com SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome everyone to the PropCast NFL edition, week 10, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Friday, November 12th, 5.04 on the East Coast, and joining me as usual to break down the Sunday games player props is the Brody, the prop god, Dan, Titus. Dan, how are you doing this Friday afternoon, bud? Munaf, what's good, bro? Um, Had a great week last week. Yep. In the plus money yet again, six and four overall. Shout out to Will Rivera for joining us last week. That was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, man, we're officially like a halfway through the season. And uh, next week we're going to debut or not debut. We're, we're going to revisit our mm-hmm. our season long props, which are mixed bag. But we got some really good ones out there. Um, yeah. And then also, uh, obviously, we're you know excited for this week, man. Got a lot of good value out there. So excited, mm-hmm. to, excited and hyped to talk some more props. Yeah, I think you're kind of underselling our season-long props. I know we're just talking about it offline. <laughs> I think we we have some pretty good ones in there, man. Um, yeah, I think we might. We're gonna. I think we're gonna do really well in our in our uh, debut of the propcast for NFL uh, uh, for the first season at least uh, the season-long props that we have. But yeah, like you mentioned, man, last week you and Will killed it. Y'all went what, both two and one. You were half a rush yard or half a rush attempt from going three and zero oh, and. Fucking um, Dylan, man. Fucking Dylan. That was my best bet, too, man. He had yeah. it. Like, just give me one more carry. But, yeah, Jordan Love sucks. I think that's yeah. what we can take away from that. I think, that yeah. Game. And I think they, you know, fell behind with by two-plus possessions at that point. We kind of knew that they are going to have to throw the ball. But Jordan Love, right. yeah, does not look good. Definitely looks like a wasted first-round pick initially. But we'll see if this guy's can – this or Jordan Love can develop a little more. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, probably last season in Green Bay. But – um yeah, so the plan, you know, we'll kind of review the Thursday night game yesterday, which was an absolutely, I mean, so exciting to watch. So exciting. Uh, <laughs> and then we'll get into our uh, NFL player props uh, for week 10. So, Dan, last night, Thursday night football, man, we had the Baltimore Ravens going down to South Beach to take on the Miami Dolphins. And I believe the Ravens were around a seven and a half, eight and a half point favorite in this game. Definitely more than a touchdown. And 
The Dolphins' defense absolutely shut them down, man. They won this game 22-10. to 10. Honestly, I did not see this coming. Um, we got to give a lot of credit, I think, first of all, to the Miami Dolphins' defense, no? Yeah, I mean, who did see this coming? I think all the pundits out there, analysts, whoever, were all backing the Ravens. Um, I saw, I mean, I on, on a couple other shows, I had Miami uh, seven and a half just because okay. I thought, you know, short week. You know, literally Baltimore's storyline every week is they play like shit in the first half and then Lamar saves the day and, and bails them out. And yeah. that can only last for so long, right? And right. even though Miami is shit, they, they still uh, have a pretty decent defense that shows up when they want to. And they had a good game scheme, man. They blitzed the hell out of Lamar Jackson, made him uncomfortable, didn't really have mon- many rushing lanes. Um, I'm glad I didn't join you on, join you on the prop cast yesterday because I would have went one for two with my <laughs> picks. I had over... Uh, I had, Lamar Jackson over nine and a half rushing attempts. He had nine. Fuck with these half, these half, these fucking half hooks, man. Yeah. Killing me. Um, but I got the one I got right was Salvin Ahmed under one and a half receptions. And then I went over on Hollywood Brown, 50, 56 and a half receiving yards. Man, it was a, uh, it was tough sledding, man. Um, I don't, I don't think I expected the Ravens, even though I got the ATS right. Mm-hmm. I don't think I expected the Ravens to play that poorly across the board. Um, no one really showed up. Lamar put out some garbage time. You know, he got, I know his props hit for his completions <laughs> and his receiving and his passing yards. Yeah. Uh, but he fell well under for the rushing and uh, rushing attempt. So it wasn't a good showing. Justin Tucker missed a field goal, which he almost never does. Their defense played a lot. Didn't really play that inspired. I don't know. It makes me think that they were in the club. It's Miami, man. You can never, but there's always a variability of like shit can go left. When you got to go to uh, Miami. So I think that's something yeah, that we got to keep a track of. Like, I know they yeah. do like a whole James Harden thing where like they have like the best <laughs> the strip, strip clubs, clubs around the world <laughs> and yeah, see how yeah. he does <laughs> in those cities. Right. So I think like on a Thursday night or if it's in Miami, we kind of got to go back and look at how these teams have done uh, uh, midweek. But I think that's a, a point that, that I wanted to bring up today, especially when we're talking about these props, is that if you do have multiple outs, you really need a shop for the best number because. The Lamar Jackson passing prop, and when I, I did the show with Minty for this Thursday night show, uh, for the for the Thursday night football game, uh, I, I gave out Lamar Jackson at I think it was over two hundred thirty four and a half, and I went to one of my books to look at this prop, and it was at two forty and a half, and then I went and checked out another book, he was at two thirty four and a half. So obviously, I took the over two thirty four and a half. Right. And it lands at 238. So I think this is a great example of where you kind of got to shop around for the best number uh, if you like an over. Obviously, same thing with the under. But yeah, I think that's a that's a very important learning point, um, you know, not only for ourselves, but obviously for our listeners and things like that. And I think if your book does offer live player props, that's a great market to really uh, to to really get into because I, I, got, I grabbed a Lamar Jackson over 211 and a half passing yards because I knew that they were going to be trailing this game and that that rush defense looked really good for the Miami Dolphins. Then I also took Mark Andrews. I think it was like over 58 and a half, which he cashed on like the last reception there. But, you know, I think there's <laughs> a lot of that one out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of big opportunities, um, especially in live betting. Um, one more point I did want to break up, uh, bring up was God, Miles Gaskin. I had the under uh, longest reception under 11 and a half, and it looked good with Jacoby Brissett in the game. But as soon as Tua 
got in the game, I was like, oh, man, I do not feel good about this. And lo and behold, I think like second or third pass, he throws it to Miles Gaskin and he like breaks a tackle and he breaks my heart and he gets it out for 14. But that's just that was, the like the, that was the only tackle he broke all game. Yeah, really, right? And especially, and it had to be in a passing game. But right. yeah, 14 carries, 31 yards, a long of 11 for him. Um, I think one guy we kind of need. A, and then I had Jalen Waddle over 61 and a half receiving yards. He was close. Ended up with 61. <laughs> at least at least you didn't pick Mike Kosicki who had seven targets and zero fucking catches. Oh, I think all those targets probably came from Tua. Like there was yeah, a couple oh, yeah. of passes, like either like sailed like way above his head. And he just kind of like like Kosicki, I saw a couple of times, he just like walks off defeated off the sideline. It was like third down. But uh, I mean, one last guy week wanted... he had last week he had one of those like crazy one-handed catches. We're probably one of the better catches of the year. Like that's the shit that he has to do to even have a chance of catching yeah. the ball. I mean the quarterback situation there in Miami. I mean I can see why they wanted to try to trade for Deshaun Watson, but um, you know maybe in the offseason they're able to get him. But one guy I did want to discuss with you, um, especially last night, uh, uh, Dan was Albert Wilson. Man, this guy looked really good yesterday. Uh, he had a couple of, I mean, two carries for 19 yards, but in the passing game, four receptions, 87 yards. Um, quickly, this this secondary for the Ravens, they gave up three pass completions of 30-plus yards of 35, 52, and 64. They're going to have to really fix that up if they're going to be a, a legitimate contender to win the Super Bowl, man. I'm I'm concerned about the Ravens because, you know, kind of, kind of how I started out this conversation was – I just don't know that I can get behind them always having to rely on Lamar Jackson in the clutch. That's yeah. not a good formula to win. They never outright decisively beat people. Um, the only game that comes to mind recently was the game against the Chargers uh, where they had to travel where the Chargers had to travel cross country and the the Ravens were coming off of a bye week so they had a little extra preparation, but they're making it harder on themselves against bad teams. They barely beat the Lions like they're always into these close moments these close games and I don't know that you can rely on that uh, it's got to regress to the mean at some point. They're going to lose some of these games. I think we saw it firsthand on, on Thursday night football. They got caught sleeping. Yeah. And I think there's like, it was what late in the fourth quarter where like Baltimore needed a stop and like Albert Wilson, like came out of the uh, backfield, like on a wheel route and like nobody ran with him. They said, like, I saw a picture that somebody posted on Twitter, like the official on the sideline was closer to him than was an actual defender of the Ravens. But yeah, I think this was a very uh, tricky spot. I think this is the time of the season where we're going to see these Thursday night games where the road team traveling is really going to be in trouble because, you know, now the now the the miles are adding up on, on, on the legs for some of these players and, you know, they need to get into their bye weeks to get some rest. But, yeah, not 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 an exciting game like last week, even though we had two crappy teams last week. We At least we got to see a lot of points. Uh, anything else you want to get to for this game, uh, Dan? No, no, I'm good. Let's uh, let's get into our props. Yeah, let's get into our NFL Week 10 props. Before we do that, let's take a quick break here. We will come back and we will dive into our NFL Week 10 player props. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. WinBet has some WinBet has some brand new bonuses. New users can bet $1 and win $100 on any sport. 
Plus, you can get up to $1,500 as a free as a free bet on WinBet if you make a first deposit of $20 or more. Whatever you wager first is WinBet will match it up to $200. For example, if you bet $100, you'll get a free $200 bet. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. The MLB playoffs are in full swing and PropSwap is your home for the best World Series futures. All season long, PropSwappers have been finding the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. Use your promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will double it up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time. So improve, so your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money, it just needs to improve. Thousands of bettors across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, coming off of the break, let's get into these NFL Week 10 props. Uh, Dane, I will give you the floor first, sir. What is your first player prop for Week 10? First player prop I'm going with is DeAndre Swift under 13.5 rushing attempts. Get that at minus 110. As Munaf said uh, not too long ago, make sure you odd shop on this just in case it moves at all, but I doubt that it will. Um, looks like Jamal Williams probably won't play again, uh, won't play this this week as well. Um, but it's more concerning, though, is like why they put DeAndre Swift's uh, number so high at 13 and a half. He's only done this in one of eight games this season. That's 13%. Very low probability here. He's facing a Steelers defense that ranks ninth in rush DVOA, and the Steelers are eight-point favorites. So to me, this is already shaping out to be a negative game script. Wouldn't be surprised if Najee Harris has a really big day because Ben Roethlisberger just sucks at playing quarterback these days, can't throw the ball downfield, and he's going to be without Chase Claypool. But I just don't think that this is a good game script for DeAndre Swift to to rush for a lot of uh, attempts here. And Steelers are rolling. Their defense is playing a lot better. They're steadily making their way up that uh, that AFC North division. So yeah. um, a lot of competition here. So they got to get a win. I think they went out right decisively. We're seeing a lot of sharp money on the Steelers, somewhere in the 70% range right now. So um, given that game script, negative game script potential, it can't get behind DeAndre Swift getting 13 and a half rushing attempts. Yeah, I think anything sometimes that's uh, a spread that's usually outside of seven, like that blowout potential is there, right? And I think that Lions have trailed in most of their games this season, if not all their games. So that just means that they're going to have to pass from, like they're going to have to throw the ball. You can't run the ball anymore at that point. And I think what, like you mentioned that he's only gone over this number once in eight weeks and you're expecting him to go up against a, well above average rush defense to really just run into a wall there. And you're asking him to get above this number. I don't think that's going to happen against the Steelers uh, rush defense. If there's any chance that the Lions even want to compete in this game, it's going to have to come on the shoulders of Jared Goff, right? And I just don't think that's going to happen. I mean, we've talked about how bad Jared Goff has been 
uh, not only when he was with the Rams, but also with the Steelers. But yeah, DeAndre Swift is a guy that I think preseason, Dan, that he had a lot of hype around him. It just hasn't really come into a fruition lot. yet this season. So, I mean, you're, we're looking at the numbers here, right? You mentioned that he's only gone over this number once. He only has 289 total rushing yards, so which are only averaging 3.2 yards per carry. So I like this one. Make sure to shop around uh, for this. You said 13 and a half, Dan? Yes, sir. Yeah, looking at a couple other books. He is at a 12 and a half. So again, make sure to get the best number on this. For my first player prop, I am going over to that game between the Minnesota Vikings and uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. And I am going to take Justin Herbert over 36 and a half pass attempts. Um, Look, Justin Herbert has gone over this projection and every single starts except for one, which was against the New England Patriots in week eight. And we know the Chargers are a pass happy offense. Uh, and this game certainly has the potential to be a shootout. So I'm thinking that, you know, if the if, number one, I, I think that, like I said, it will be a shootout. But over the last three games, opposing quarterbacks are averaging 41 pass attempts per game uh, against the Vikings. And Minnesota also ranks well below average in opponent yards per completion in the league. And I'm going to uh, continue to back Herbert just to come out here and just fling the ball all over the field against his Vikings defense. Uh, so give me the over on this prop for Justin Herbert over 36 and a half pass attempts. Herbert's been super quiet lately. So I feel like he's got to erupt at some point. Um, I think that this is a game where you're going to definitely see him utilize um, Eckler a bit more. Uh, I think we Mike, Mike Williams has been playing hurt, but yeah. um, he's got another week to, to kind of get back to uh, where he was playing that to start the season. And Keenan Allen's just kind of just been studying along uh, being consistent. Um, but I think this is a great spot for, uh, for Herbert and the chargers more. So they're two point favorites, pretty small margin. Agree with you. This is probably going to be a high scoring affair. Um, I was trying to look up the, uh, the game total for this real quick. Uh, let me um, see if I can get it. Uh, Minnesota and chargers at 53. Yeah. So that's already one of the, the tops of the slate. So, yeah. um, definitely see this being a high scoring affair. And on the other side of the ball, you know, Dalvin cook, He's probably going to have a good game. I didn't put him in one of my prop bets because his his number is looking a little high. But yeah. uh, with the Chargers defense being so bad against the run, that this is a really good opportunity for him to kind of go off too. And if they're leading with him, uh, you know, rushing the ball, the, the the Chargers are at their best when when they give the ball to Herbert to to make things happen. So yeah, I like that play. Yeah, uh, hey, uh, your next one, Dan. Uh, so my next one is Russell Gage under fifty three and a half receiving yards. You can get that at minus 115 at points bet. Um, I've seen this line anywhere between 53 and a half and 55 and a half. Um, But the 55 and a half, obviously worse odds there. It's juiced up a little bit to a like minus 150. So I was like, I figured up, I'll take the, uh, I'll take a little bit extra cash here. Take the lower margin here, 53 and a half. But, you know, he's likely going to go up against Trayvon Diggs. We know who that guy is. He's, has the most interceptions in the NFL right now, turnover machine. Um, But it's more so my lack of belief in, in the consistency, uh, the floor of Russell Gage. This guy's a boomer bust dude definition of it. Just two games ago against Carolina, he ran 68% of the routes had zero catches. (laughs) So like, I don't know, like I I can't get a feel for really where he stands in the pecking order, Mm -hmm. but I do know that he's going to be behind Kyle Pitts 
who's emerging as one of the best pass catchers from the tight end position. Uh, since the, the Falcons have been back since their bye week, they've been making it a point to get him the ball, as well as Cordero Patterson, who is a dual threat, um, yeah. whether it be out of the backfield, eating into Mike Davis's touches, or in the or receiving the ball, where yeah. he's still their second option. So I think Russell Gage is going to be third in the pecking order here. Um, he's only gone over 53 and a half receiving yards in two of five games this year. Mm -hmm. So don't think that there's going to be a lot of opportunity for him against a Cowboys defense that's going to be playing pissed-inspired uh, football after getting their ass kicked by Denver uh, the week prior. So uh, give me the under on Russell Gage, 53 and a half receiving yards. Yeah, I was completely wrong about Russell Gage. I know I had took to over uh, on his uh, receiving yards prop at the when we did the preseason show and previewing the uh, divisions and player props. Um, I agree with you about this, man. I think Russell Gage was supposed to be that guy that maybe take that next step up. Uh, at the beginning of the season, we're talking about how Julio Jones left and then it was going to be Calvin Ridley's team. But now yeah. Calvin Ridley's now off the field dealing with his personal stuff. And we, we still haven't seen Russell Gage like really step up into that role. And I just don't think that's going to continue here either. Uh, like you just mentioned, Dallas last week getting blown their doors off by the Denver Broncos as a 10-point uh, favorite. Uh, so, you know, you're expecting a better defensive effort out of the Dallas Cowboys. Are we going to see it? Not sure. But again, there's a lot of pl other plenty of options, like you mentioned with Cordero, pa uh, Cordero Patterson, um, uh, Kyle Pitts. Um, there's another couple other receivers. I think Taji Sharper again is coming on a little bit for this team. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think that's going to, again, take away from Rus Russell Gage's numbers here. So, you know, asking him to do something that, okay, yeah, over the last couple of weeks he's done it, but, you know, like you said, find that consistency. We need to see it first before we start taking overs on Russell Gage. Um, yeah. For my second one, I'm going to say with a quarterback here, I'm going to go with Tom Brady, man. I'm going to go with Tom Brady over two and a half passing touchdowns at plus 135. And this Washington, yeah, defense is completely a taking a 180 degree turn from what it was last season, right? They're one of the best defenses last year. Uh, but this season, they rank amongst the bottom and most pass defense categories. They also allow opposing quarter or opposing teams to score about three and a half touchdowns per game, which ranks number 28 in the league. There are also number 25 in opponent red zone touchdowns per game. I think Tom Brady should take advantage of this past defense that has been absolutely atrocious all season long. Brady has thrown at least three touchdowns in three out of the last four games. They're coming off a bye week. It's time to start piling up these wins, especially in the NFC, because there's a lot of teams that are going to be knocking at the door for that home field advantage and that number one seed. I like uh, Brady to bounce back. I think last year, Brady, I don't think he had a great game in that divisional playoff game against the, uh, the Washington football team. I think, again, this defense has been really, really bad this year. So I think that him, Mike Evans, I don't know if Antonio Brown is back or not. Um, uh, Chris Godwin, I think this passing game should be able to take advantage of this really bad uh, rush. Sorry, the passing defense, the Washington football team. So I'm taking Tom Brady over. Two and a half passing touchdowns at plus 135. Yeah, plus odds for the guy that's leading the NFL in passing touchdowns right now. Why not? Um, yeah. So for me, the only the only risk that I see is that Antonio Brown's been ruled out already, but 
that's okay. Mike Evans is still there. He's a touchdown machine. That's really what he's there for. Yeah. He doesn't do shit else but catch touchdowns, kind of like Adam Thielen, mm-hmm. which fuck for me for taking the under <laughs> on his touchdowns for the season-long props, but we'll get into that next week. Um, but the other the other uh, area of concern is I think Gronk is also ruled out. He hasn't played for weeks, so that, yeah. that's, that, that pretty much doesn't change. It's really Chris Godwin that I'm wondering about. Um, he popped up on the injury report midweek. We haven't gotten a true update on whether he's going to play, but apparently he's going through something. Mm. Um, so, but even if he's not there, as long as he has at least one of the main tight, the, one of the main touchdown guys, and and Mike Evans, I don't feel that there's much worry about it. The line is still sitting at, at nine and a half favorites for the uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, I picked them. The Sharps have like I want to say a seventy percent, seventy percent of the money on the Bucks. So. I mean, this should pretty much be a, a Tampa Bay Buccaneer slaughter coming out of the bye week. Plenty of time to prepare. I think Tom Brady's playing with a chip on his shoulder, as always, even though he won, you know, the championship yeah. last year. <laughs> I mean, this dude, this dude's looking like he's in, you know, like he's like freaking 10 years ago playing with Randy yeah. Moss, the numbers that he's putting up right now. So two and a half touchdowns at plus money. Why not? Let's go for it. Yeah, also like... Tom Brady's team, especially going back to New England, though they have those pass catching running backs too, and it's really interesting that Giovanni Bernard has three uh, receiving touchdowns this season, also. So, as long as he has, you know, at least pass catching um, running backs healthy, uh, I think that maybe be able to give one one at least of them, and then maybe a tight end like OJ Howard, and then you know if Chris Godwin is able to go. If not, you'd still have Mike Evans there also. But, you know, it's Tom Brady. I'm sure you, if he, if an offensive lineman is eligible to catch a pass, he'll get it to them. But uh, uh, we'll see, hopefully. I mean, I like that number at plus money, especially. If it feels minus, I wouldn't be uh, on this prop bet. Uh, let's go to he's, your next he's one, Dan. A touch, he's get? a touchdown machine. I, I'm all for it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And, I'm, you know, really, it's almost just about fading this Washington defense also. Absolutely. Yeah. What do you got for your next one? Uh, so my next one, Matthew Stafford over 281 and a half passing yards. Uh, I grabbed that at minus 114 at FanDuel. Um, yeah, so this one is really, I could be, I could be getting some risk exposure here just with all the hype around ODB, ODB, OBJ coming to uh, <laughs> LA. But part of me said like it doesn't really matter whether OBJ is in was, is actually going to be suiting up or not. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Stafford did not play well last week in prime time, and you know having a divisional opponent here going up against San Francisco that ranks 25th in pass DVOA. Kyle Shanahan has been some shit yeah. um, all season against the spread, and uh, not much confidence. Like I think you know they have a lot of sharps are on San Francisco plus four, mm-hmm. but I don't think that that's going to stop Matt Stafford from actually throwing the ball. A lot. And yeah. um, this is a guy that's gone over 281 and a half passing yards in 67% of the games this season. Um, he's going against a divisional opponent. This is a great opportunity for them to showcase who's the the best team next to the Arizona Cardinals in the in the uh, the NFC West. And um, yeah, man, the only surprisingly, though, the only QB to go over 280 passing yards against the Niners this season. Do you have a wild guess of who that is? Oh my God! Um, I'm just gonna look at the players who or the teams that who they've played. Um, God, I want to guess it was Jared Goff in week, whichever week that was. Was it against the Rams or the Niners? Uh, you're right against the uh, against the Niners. Yeah, my guess would be Jared Goff. 
You are correct, sir. So obviously this guy knows his shit. He just looked at his schedule and was like, ah, oh, it's that guy. Yeah, no, it was Jared Goff. <laughs> first game of the season. He's the only one. Uh, and I'm here to inform you that Matt Stafford's about to be the second one. So two, over 281 and a half passing yards for Matt Stafford. I want to touch on the OBG, OBJ thing real quick. But, uh, yeah, going back to this prop, if we kind of take a look at the the one loss or the loss that the uh, the Rams had uh, back in week, uh, I think it was like week four against the Cardinals, that next week, Matt Stafford came out and played well. He came out and threw 365 passing yards. So I think even though this is a divisional game, I think that this is where, you know, like you said, Matt Stafford – knows that he didn't have a great game in prime time. So I think that this is where he'll come out and play well um, for this, uh, for the Rams. And again, this 49ers team, man, I think that we can have a whole podcast just talking about this 49ers team, but we're seeing like the argument that Kyle Shanahan is not a great head coach. And I kind of want to get your input on this too. Is it, do you, do we really think that he's a bad head coach or he just hasn't had a, a legitimate quarterback uh, and in San Francisco since he took over as the head coach there. Like when he was the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons, that was a year Matt Ryan won the MVP. Even when he was, and I remember when he was with the uh, Houston Texans, when he was the one-year um, offensive coordinator here, Matt Schaub that year was a Pro Bowl quarterback. Matt Schaub. <laughs> yeah, Matt Schaub. Like, he was. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I just don't think Jimmy Garoppolo like, is an answer for this 49ers team, man. And so, I mean, that's so two things I kind of, yeah. So, Kyle Shanahan, what's your opinion on him? And is it, do you think it's a quarterback situation or the system that he's running? And then we'll get to the OBJ thing in a second here. Yeah, that's it's an interesting question because I think it's a combination of all that. I don't think Kyle Shanahan is having his best year of coaching, but part of that is that team has not been healthy at all this season consistently. Even last year Whether, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they've been they've been they've been hit by the injury bug like crazy over the last two seasons. So this year is more on the defense. Last year was the offense, but you know, George Kittle can't stay on the field. Yeah. Debo Samuel's been playing you know, all pro level football all season. We didn't get that last year. Yeah. And then but oddly enough, and I know you picked Brandon Ayuk uh, for one of your season-long props. Yeah. He was in the doghouse for the first, like, six weeks of the season. I didn't Maybe get six, it. I mean, call it eight weeks, because yeah. he didn't really go off until last week, or nine, week nine. So, yeah. um, you know, at this point, I think that that, I think that teaching, coaching lesson that he's trying to do for Brandon Ayuk was a detriment to the team, and just their offensive production. I think it was one less weapon that Jimmy Garoppolo had, but that being said, how much accountability are we actually going to put on Jimmy Garoppolo and his lack of tools to actually win games? Like he doesn't, he, he doesn't have, he has no mobility in the pocket yeah, and he just doesn't push the ball down the field enough that you're ever going to generate any kind of momentum in drives. Like this team is, I mean, I guess you could say the Trey Sermon pick wasn't a good pick for Shanahan, but Ultimately, I think that this all falls on on Garoppolo. He's the leader of the team. He's the quarterback. He's got to rally this team to be better than they are, despite all the excuses and injuries. Everybody plays through injuries, right? It's just how you yeah. – it's the resolve that you have from it. And I don't think he has it, man. Like, he's just not – he's not a gamer. He's not going to elevate your team, make people better, give you any kind of motivation to be great. That That's just not in his in his, in his fabric. And I think we've seen it long enough. Like, how many times are we going to give this guy a pass? Like, oh, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, he's solid. But, oh, yeah, but what about when he played for that? Like, no. Like, 
at this point, your season's pretty much a wash. You might as well just throw Trey Lance out there. You you sent all those smoke screens during the draft that you that you didn't know you wanted who you wanted. Play the man. Yeah. He's had enough time to learn. Let let him get out there, take some licks, learn, develop, come back next season, being the starting quarterback of this franchise. Elijah Mitchell, I think that was good, but I think that they're gonna have to they're gonna probably have to eat some crow for for taking Trey Sermon where they did to only end up starting their sixth round draft pick. You know, the, the funny part is, is that, or the, the crazy part is for the 49ers is that Kyle Shanahan's offense is really predicated off like the, the running, right? And that's, this is now the second straight season where Raheem Mostert has not been healthy enough for this team. Like even, like even the backup, like to, to Raheem Mostert, like Jamichael Hasey, I think was a backup for him and he even got injured. And then it came down to Elijah Mitchell, who's been pretty good. Is Trey Sermon... Is he injured too, or is he just not getting the playing time? I mean, his numbers are only at 31 rush attempts for 135, you know, rushing yards. So yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. I just think that there's something that needs to seriously change in San Francisco. And I think it really needs to start with the quarterback position. Cause I still think that Kyle Shanahan is a great offensive guy. It's just that, the health bug has really bugged them over the last two seasons. And then now you don't also have a quarterback because when a couple of seasons ago, when they made it to the Super Bowl, Jimmy G was the quarterback. But if we saw those playoff games, like it was more predicated off of the running and not Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the ball. But yeah, that's another side of it. Quickly, your thoughts yeah. on OBJ signing with the Rams. Head scratcher yeah. for me. I thought he would have ended up with like the Packers or like the Patriots or the Saints, but it's interesting that they let Deshaun Jackson go and then they end up signing a OBJ. Now that's also going to take away from Van Jefferson, who's probably been their second best wide receiver on this team. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely been better than Robert Woods this year. Um, I think that this is a this is a this is a life decision for OBJ. And I think it's I think he just wanted to align himself to create a super team. I don't think you're gonna get that if you went to Green Bay with what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. Um, who the hell actually wants to play for a Bill Belichick uh, with a rookie quarterback? That's true. I don't. I don't. I don't think that OBJ was interested in that black guy in New England. Nah. Um, and then you have uh, the other team was what the New Orleans Saints. Saints, yeah. But then they had a quarterback issue too, right? Now that no, exactly. You're, you're 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 going out there with Trevor Simeon. Like he's not. You're going with a whole bunch of like regular ass quarterbacks. Why not align yourself with? Matt Stafford, who's got a cannon and has a ton of weapons around that could ultimately distract from from OBJ. I think that that's where some of the problems was that Baker Mayfield can't make throws, uh, throws that he needs to make. So um, at this point, I consider OBJ to be the Antonio Brown of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Mm -hmm. where he could slot right in there. He doesn't have to do a lot. Uh, every game, yeah. but there's going to be moments where he's going to he's going to shine, and as long as he can stay drama free, it should be pretty easy because he's not in shitty Cleveland. Yeah, now at least he's, he's got a crib in L.A. He's always chilling in Calabasas with Drake anyway. So at this point, this man's going to get off the field. He's going to go hang out with his homies, live his life in the public spotlight like he likes to do, being OBJ. Yeah, um, I think he's going to get his swagger back a little bit, and it's only a one year deal, pretty much. No frills. If Robert, if he balls out, Robert Woods, Woods probably won't get re-signed, and then he becomes the wide receiver too next to Cooper Cup. So um, I think that there's a land where this there's there's a way that this can actually be a, a good situation for OBJ, and I think it only bolsters the uh, Rams' chances here by getting another offensive weapon to to combat you know a team like Dallas yeah. or Tampa Bay mm-hmm. or Arizona. 
that that's leading the way right now. So, yeah. um, I mean, I think it's well, a good move, a good move for the Rams. Yeah, the Rams are all in. I mean, they went out and got Vaughn Miller on the defensive side, and they also picked up OBJ now the offensive side. So they're not shy about going all in. So now the pressure is all on Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford there to kind of carry this team to, you know, getting to the Super Bowl. Cause I think anything short of that, probably not going to be a success for the Rams. Uh, let me get to my next one here. Uh, I'm going to go with another quarterback prop here. I'm taking Ryan Tannehill, longest a rush attempt under 10 and a half yards. And I just don't understand this number here. I mean, over the last six games, Tannehill has more than 11 rushing yards in just two games. And then asking him to have a long rushing attempt of 11 or more yards just doesn't make sense. He's only gone over this number once in six weeks. In three out of the last four weeks, Tannehill has been uh, held to single-digit rushing yards. And on top of that, Titans are facing the number one rush defense this week in the Saints. So I don't see any success for Tannehill on the ground this week, let alone him having, him having a long rush attempt of over 11 yards here. So I'm taking under 10 and a half um, yards as his longest rush attempt. Man, I don't even know what I can – I don't know what to think of the Tennessee Titans at this point. Definitely right. not Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> they put up like 150 total yards last game, and they're, they're one of my my top fades this week for uh, the spread. Uh, I just don't th- – I think that this is – we've been waiting for them to regress, much like everybody's been waiting for Cliff Kingsbury to finally lose a damn – to lose more than one game. Um but yeah, I just don't like, I can't trust Tennessee right now. I don't know what their offense is without Derrick Henry. The first case of that use case of that was not a good performance. So yeah. Um, yeah. I just can't get behind anything related to the Titans. So yeah, I, I'd root against them too. So I'm, I'm down with this one. Yeah. Again, I think that this might be the week. I mean, I know the saints are going to be out without Alvin Kamara, but uh, I think that this line is a little fishy to me. I, I kind of like the saints here to kind of bring the Titans back down to earth. Um, hit me with your next one. Uh, Dan, what do you got? Yeah, this one's been uh, I think this is one of my most consistent plays over the course of the season have yet to not hit when he, when I've played it, Jalen hurts over 45 and a half rushing yards. Got that at minus minus one fourteen at DK. He's averaging 54 on the ground this season. He's gone over the line in 67% of the games. Denver's defensive line is sixth in adjusted sack rate this season. Mm -hmm. So they tend to bring a lot of pressure, which I think is perfect for uh, someone with legs like Jalen Hurts, who just scrambles all over the place. Um, They got the, this, this Denver front line got to, to uh, Dak Prescott two times last week, sacked him and it hit him five times. So I think that with, with uh, Jalen Hurts' mobility in the pocket, he'll be able to escape that pass rush um, and rush and defense, rush defense, and uh, scamper out for some additional yards here. Um, I just love Jalen Hurts and, and, and his rushing his rushing prop. It's just been money all season, so I'm going to continue to bang the over on his uh, rushing prop at 45 and a half here. If it's not broke, don't try to fix it. I think this is one of those classic scenarios with uh, Jalen Hurts, who's a you know one of the better, if not best. Scrambling, scrambling quarterbacks in the league uh, this season. Uh, like, yeah, like you mentioned, man, um, his his rushing has been there all season long. Uh, he's crushed this number three straight weeks, uh, you know, 13 against the Raiders, seven against the uh, the Lions, third, or sorry, 10 attempts and 62 yards against the Chargers. So, you know, I think if something that's been working for you, I think you got to continue to uh, pound that uh, player prop. And I think I really like the part that you mentioned that, Denver likes to bring the uh, the the pressure against quarterbacks, right? Vic Fangio's defense. Um, so I think this is a great opportunity that with a guy that has legs on your, like you said, in your handicap, they should be able to get over this number again. Which 
ties kind of into uh, my player, my next player prop, which is a guy that's also been kind of consistent for me. And that's Justin Jefferson, uh, longest reception over 25 and a half yards. Um, it, it last week I had this and it cashed, or it was the last week of the week prior, but it cashed in the first quarter of that game. And Jefferson has had a long uh, reception of 26 yards or more in five out of the eight weeks so far this season. Chargers pass defense is starting to falter here a little bit. Uh, last week against the Eagles, Hurts averaged 14.1 yards per completion. So I think the Cousins and Jefferson connection can be found again in this game for a long reception down the field. And I think, like I said, this uh, this has the potential to really come off a play-action pass because we talked about how Dalvin Cook, his, his stat projections are kind of high this week, but rightfully so because this Chargers defense has been – or their rush defense has been really bad. So – if we see Dalvin Cook just coming out and gashing like runs of five, six, seven, eight yards at a time, that defense is going to kind of have to come into the box and, and really contain Dalvin Cook. And I think that's where the opportunity is going to come for Kirk Cousins to get one over the top to Justin Jefferson. So, um, and, and I, yeah, and, and that's why I really like this one, man. Justin Jefferson, wrongest reception over 25 and a half uh, receiving yards. Yeah, he's he's going for 13.7 receptions uh yards per reception this year. He gets 9 yards per target. Um but the more the more uh I guess uh the opportunity that I see is really in his deep his deep targets. He gets at least two a game, which yeah. actually ranks 5th amongst wide receivers. So, um I can trust in Kirk Cousins to at least take a shot, you know, assuming COVID aside here, we don't have any issues um, because I hear there's, there is some COVID running rampant in Minnesota right now. Um, Justin Jefferson should be good to hit on one of these two deep targets that he'll get per game. Um, and with his yards after the catch, um, you know, he ranks 12th overall in, in yards after the catch at three per target. So um, he's one of the best wide receivers in the league, bar none. So, yeah, I, I like the over on this one. Yeah, and yeah, like I said, like he's been a great cash cow for me over the past couple of weeks here. So uh, definitely going to keep pounding uh, Justin Jefferson. Dan, let's take one uh, final break here. We're listening for or listen to our sponsors, uh, and then we'll come back. We'll get to our final player prop, and then we'll wrap it up with uh, best bets and any final thoughts. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the matchups. You can cash out for gift cards when your bet hits, and even help raise money for charity along the way. It's a brand new company looking to grow their early adopter f- community. Slick app and fun to use. One of the reasons we love it is that they also offer prop betting. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can get in on some prop bets on Better Fantasy. It's totally free to play. Download today for iPhone and Android. Check them out today at betterfantasy.com SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R fantasy.com SGPN. Have you heard about Price Picks? Price Picks is a daily fantasy app made easy. I love this and I know you will too. Price Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Price Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all these superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Price Picks offers any prop that you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All new users that deposit and use promo code SGP will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use promo code SGP. 
Price Picks allows mixed sport entries. You can take the over on LeBron combined with the under on Patrick Mahomes in the same entry. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out PricePicks.com and use promo code SGP to get your 100% instant deposit match up to $100 or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Do you feel like the last one out when it comes to sports betting? Don't know where to start? Understand where the market is moving, which smart bets are out there, and have some fun listening while you're at it. BetQL is a must-listen for sports bettors and sports fans alike. Find out where the market is moving across all week with the biggest sporting events. Miss out on earlier games? BetQL Daily has you covered there too, with recaps from some of the biggest recent moments in sports. If you're not sure where to start with sports betting, start with BetQL Daily. Listen weekdays 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Odyssey, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget the SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The App Store gives the app gives you free, free, easy access to all of our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming off of the break, Dan, let's uh Hit our listeners with our final player props each, man. What do you got? Yeah, I think this one went. I don't know if I'm going to make it my best bet yet, but okay. Ryan Griffin of the Jets, under 18 and a half receiving yards. I grabbed that at minus 115. So you might be asking yourself, who the hell is Ryan Griffin? He <laughs> happens to be the backup tight end, the tight end two for the New York Jets. And Mr. Griffin has gone over his this 18.5 receiving yard prop in only two of eight games this year, a hit rate of wonderfully 25%. So although the Jets are getting Mr. Great White hype, Mike White back into the, uh, into the mix at quarterback, I don't think, I don't know, I just have a, a hard time believing in backup tight ends that are splitting time with people like, I don't know, Tyler Croft. He's the better pass-catching tight end if you look at the numbers overall this season. Um, the Bills are very are a very tough uh, defense to go up against in terms of tight ends. They're only, allow, they're only allowing 43 yards per game. So you figure a guy that's splitting, splitting touches and snaps with someone else who's inferior um, – as the, as the pass catching back or pass catching tight end, excuse me. Mm. Um, not much faith in Ryan Griffin, and I have no idea who the hell Ryan Griffin is. I literally have never seen him <laughs> even on the field. So I'm going to take the under on his receiving prop. I am familiar with Ryan uh, Griffin because he, I believe, he was with the Houston Texans as a tight end uh, many many years ago. So that's the only way I recognize Ryan Griffin's name. But I mean, yeah. I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, you went down like in the dump. <laughs> you went down. Come in the on, dumps. man. We gotta go to the dump sometimes, man. You like this is to, one right? of those Philip Lindsay's. I'm just trying to find an obscure dude. I'm like, why the hell is this shit that high? I'm taking the under. <laughs> yeah, I think. That, yeah, yeah. You gotta sometimes go down in the dumps and and, and find it. I think that I, I went down in the dumps like last week on the NBA propcast one and i dropped one and like it was it was like really down to the dumps and it actually cashed so um yeah man who did, I you, think, who, who, who did you select i think it was what like was mason Plumley, like for his like rebounds and i'm oh, sorry his uh blocks and steals combined like over one and a half um but yeah sometimes you just got to go down and, and just find the find those uh those 
mispriced, I think, by the by the books here. I think that if he's this guy's not seeing any playing time, I know Mike Mike White is back, but this guy has been dumping it to Jamison Crowder, and you're literally u- utilizing his uh, running backs, Ty Johnson and Michael Carter. Uh, For my last one, I don't like it anymore just because of the injuries that we had talked about um, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I was going to take Leonard Fournette rushing and receiving yards under 92 and a half. But um, let me see what his rushing yards is here, because I know that at least the rush defense has been pretty good for the Washington football team. Um, let me find another one in this meantime. Uh, let's see. So his, his rush attempts or his rushing yards looks at 62 and a half. Yeah, I, I kind of like, I think, yeah, I'm gonna take the under on that. Um, yeah. I don't love it, so trend carefully here, but I'll just give you my handicap. I think for whatever reason, four net snap counts of production has kind of gone down over the last couple of weeks here, and Washington's rush defense. Uh, ranks amongst the tops in the league. They're number seven in opponent yards per rush attempt, number 11 in rushing yards per game allowed. I think over the last couple of weeks here, we're starting to see all three running backs for the Buccaneers getting utilized and getting action between Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, and Giovanni Bernard, and Bernard more so in the passing game. But, um, you know, if they're going to really rotate in all three of these guys, I think that Fournette might have a hard time, you know, getting over this projection of both rushing and receiving of 92 yards. And, um, you know, I, I don't think that output is going to be there. Um, you know, that output really has kind of declined as the season has progressed. I mean, he was killing this number early on in the season, but for whatever reason, over the past couple of weeks when they've had all three guys healthy, they're actually utilizing all three guys in uh, in Tampa Bay uh, in that backfield. So I'll stick with it, but I just don't love it. Just trend carefully on this one. I'll take um, Fournette rushing, receiving yards under 92 and a half. Um, for the game against the Washington football team. More so, I do like the under 62 and a half uh, rushing yards, at least. Yeah, the uh, I, I mean, I, I'm a little bit concerned. I mean, if we go back to Leonard Fournette and his history of injury, as you get deeper in the season with an extra week, yeah, you're coming off of a bye week. Maybe he's a little bit more healthy, but they need Lenny to make that deep playoff run. We saw how valuable he was yeah. in the playoffs last year. You have two other capable backs in Ronald Jones and Giovanni, Giovanni Bernard. Yeah. So I, I'm not going to be surprised if we see his snap share continue to go down just a little bit. He only got eight carries against New Orleans. Yeah. Um, only saw five targets for three receptions. So he was pretty much neutralized against a really stout uh, New Orleans Saints defense there. Um, And he didn't go over. uh, It doesn't look like he went over that line against Chicago either in a blowout victory. So, you know, with the spread as high as as it is, who's to say that Lenny Fournette only plays like, you know, half the snaps that he normally would because they're up by so much. So you don't have to run them into the ground. So yeah, I think there's still, there's still a play here uh, for the under at 92 and a half. Yeah. Even like last week or the week prior when they played uh, the saints, like saints are the number one rush defense in the league and they were able to limit him to only eight carries and 26 yards. So if Washington's able to kind of replicate that kind of performance against four net. And like you mentioned that, you know, you have all three guys healthy and then, you know, you're going to need Landy Fournette down in, especially in the playoff run where he was so valuable last season. Um, yeah. I think the stat snap share and the snap counts at least come down for Leonard Fournette. So uh don't love it. So trend carefully, maybe this number goes a little bit higher and higher as injuries kind of pile up for the wide receiving group. Um, but against this Washington uh, football team uh, rush defense, I do like that under there. Um, Dan, that'll bring it to our player props. Let's get into best bets. Um, for this week, I will give you the floor first, sir. Uh, who do you got? 
Uh, I'm going to go my best bet is it's between Jalen Hurts and Matt Stafford. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts for okay. over 45 and a half rushing yards. He's a beast. I think the Eagles win this game outright. I'm, I'm on them. Um, plus two right now, I think, to, to the Denver Broncos. Uh, everyone's been talking smack on Mr. Hertz over the last couple of weeks because Sirianni decided to run the ball like he should have been doing all freaking season. But, uh, yeah, I'm all, I'm all on Jalen Hurts' train this week. 45 and a half rushing yards. Let's get it. Yeah, I like it, man. Again, I think that's, that's probably been your most uh... – consistent one that's been catching for you all season. And we, you know, you've been back in every single week, so let's not stop now uh, for me. I'm going to go with my first one that I gave out Justin Herbert over 36 and a half pass attempts. Um, again, like we talked about, this has turned into or possibly a shootout situation for both of these teams. Uh, Minnesota Vikings, I think are undefeated to the over in their road games and they've been, you know, big shootouts. So, um, you know, like I said, that he's gone over this uh, over 36 half pass attempts in every single game so far this season, except for one, which was against the Patriots. Uh, not a surprise there. And we know how the uh, Chargers are pass happy with Justin Herbert as the quarterback there. So that will be my uh, best bet. Justin Herbert over 36 and a half pass attempts. And for uh, Dan, it'll be Jalen Hurts over 45 and a half uh, rushing yards um, against the Denver Broncos. That will bring us to the conclusion of the PropCast NFL Week 10. Dan, any final thoughts for this week? Uh, anything you want to get off your chest and let the people know where they can find you, man? Uh, no, nah, man, we just gave you 10 fire bets, so make sure to tail us. I have a good feeling on the streak that we're on here that we're going to continue to cash on the positive side of things. In terms of Twitter, hit me up, at Dan Titus on Twitter doing a bunch of different stuff. Um, my rankings have been shit on the SGPN fantasy side, but I still know my shit. I'm still in a lot of leagues. So <laughs> trust in me. If you got any questions, I'll, I'll, I'll answer you back. But uh, yeah, keep following um, everything that Munaf is doing between the prop cast, the NBA gambling podcast, uh, Rod via Gomez on the fantasy football podcast. Uh, just continue to support the squad, man. We have a lot of new talent coming in that's uh, cashing checks and uh, giving you really good betting insights. So um, shout out to everybody with the SGPN crew that continues to do their thing. Yeah, 100%, man. Uh, like I said, we're, we're getting down to that, that point of the season where you need to pile up the fantasy football wins if you're going to make a or clinch a spot for the playoffs. So definitely check out the rankings over on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. An absolute all-star crew there that guys are just pumping out content with rankings and who to start and who to sit and all that good stuff for your fantasy football team. So definitely check it out there as well as all the other um, uh, all sports that are going on right now. Like Dan mentioned, NBA gambling podcast, hockey gambling podcast, MMA golf. Uh, everybody's absolutely crushing it right now. So make sure to take some time out, download the app, the SGPN app, you get the uh, picks and podcast that are released. Um, you get a push notification as soon as it's released. So that gives you some time to get ahead of everybody that is not subscribed um, to the proper uh, gambling podcast. So do us a favor, make sure to like and subscribe and rate and review for the propcast. We will really appreciate it if you guys can do that for us. Uh, really helps us grow the show and uh, climb in the ranking. So with that being said, good luck with your bets this weekend, guys. Um, NFL Week 10 already. Can't believe it. We're a little past the halfway point. 
Um, so then let's break the books off and let it ride.